0: I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head. A safe place to hide a hurting heart. A gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I am sitting here in my big, manly, comfortable black leather chair in my living room, and I'm admiring my Lady Wonderwinch's curves. No, not her, not her sweater curves. The curves in her handwriting. Lady Wonderwench is working on her new novel, and she likes to write in handwriting. Cursive is what you call that. And in cursive is used almost exclusively by highly evolved human females. Guys don't use cursive, we print. My lady wrote a beautiful blog about cursive just the other day. When she finished it, she closed her computer and she gave me a smile like I first saw on the face of the girl who sat in front of me in the fourth grade at St. Gregory's Grammar School in Brooklyn a very long time ago. The girl's name was Kathleen McMullen, and she was very smart. Every time Sister Mary Knucklebuster asked a question, Kathleen always had the answer. She raised her hand and she said, ask me, teacher, you know, and she was always right. I couldn't stand Kathleen. She had pigtails. I dipped them in the inkwell every time she leaned back. Louis, Louis, generation folks are the only people on the planet who will remember pens that used ink. You see, ballpoint pens were very expensive in those days, and we used ink pens at St. Gregory's. They were called fountain pens because you filled them with ink. Inkwells were the holes in the desk where you kept your bottle of ink. Ink was what you used in your pen, and inkwells were where you dipped Kathleen McMullen's pigtails at every opportunity. That's the distinction. I am convinced that Kathleen McMullen skipped right past printing. I think the day she was born, she probably wrote a very ladylike thank-you note on fancy stationery to her mom and dad in cursive. (laughs) The only time I ever heard Sister Mary Knucklebuster purr was one afternoon while she was watching Kathleen McMullen's execution of what at the time was called the Palmer method of cursive writing. I'm pretty sure that that Palmer person was a woman. Guys print except for those few very highly evolved guys who become doctors or registered pharmacists. We print. We don't do cursive. We print so we can make ourselves understood by other guys. Printing is strong and simple, like men. Cursive flounces along all smart and sexy and curvy, like women. We print. They curse. That's simple. Dick's Details, a bunch of completely unimportant stuff for you to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important stuff that's keeping you awake at night out the other ear, and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. The smart guys in the white lab coats tell us that nobody really knows the exact age of the human race. Big Louie, his own bad self, the chief mustard cutter of the Louie Louie generation, says it's probably true that nobody really knows the exact age of the human race, but you know what? It's old enough to know the hell better than what we're doing, that's for sure. Smart guys also tell us that our bodies contain about 30 billion fat cells. Some of us, more. Been to the beach lately. And elephants aren't afraid of mice, but they are afraid of bees. Me too. Dicks to tails, they take your mind off your mind. Keeping here. If you like these podcasts or the spoken word story CDs at dicksummer.com or my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot at Amazon.com, shameless plug. If you like any of those, would you please tell a couple of friends because they might like them too? And of course, you would be doing me a favor. So thank you very much. Printing and cursive make English look like two different languages, and English is complicated enough. It's actually three different languages. There's the printed kind, the cursive kind, and the spoken kind. The spoken kind goes off in all kinds of different directions. Talk about complicated. I mean, how are we supposed to know that a fjord is not a Scandinavian car? And the myth is not a female moth. And mosquitoes are not people who live in Moscow. And <laughs> in Brooklyn, English is even more complicated And if you see a word that's spelled D-I-V-A, you would be excused, if you are a New Yorker, if you thought we were talking about somebody who jumps into a swimming pool, right? A D-I-V-A, sure. Now, by the way, speaking of Brooklyn, in the old days, the really old days, I remember hating all girls in the fourth grade. But most of all, I couldn't stand Kathleen McMullen. But then in the fifth grade, something happened. I remember I still hated girls, but for some reason, I began thinking that if I ever stopped hating girls, I'd probably stop hating Kathleen McMullen first. And then, I don't know what kind of summer camp Kathleen went to after fifth grade, but I got to tell you, when she came back in September for sixth grade, there were drastic changes in her, which produced very drastic changes in in my attitude towards girls in general, and Kathleen in particular. The hormones started howling. You know, sometimes howling hormones like that are funny, but uh, sometimes they're not. There's a story about when they're not in the Night Connections 3 personal audio CD. story is called Growing Up Fast. time to face a decision that you really never thought you'd have to make some decisions you shouldn't ever have to make certainly not at your age and certainly you shouldn't ever have to make them twice until now your biggest concern was being short at the cash register in the supermarket where you work and keeping the produce manager's hands where they belong you're very young and you really like that You're curious to know what wonderful things will happen in your life. You also like music a lot, and musicians, especially bass players. There's something about the deep power in those low notes that gets you very hot and bothered, especially when they're played by a particular tall, long-haired, quiet, kind of shy guy you've known for a while. You're a good girl, and you like that just never thought this would happen. It doesn't seem fair. Having sex just once and getting pregnant? Well, as he says, life isn't always fair. That's one thing he always says. He says a lot of things that you never expected to hear. When you told him that you're pregnant, he didn't even look away. In fact, he smiled and he said, well, wait for me after the show. And you did. You told him an abortion costs $500, and I could use some help with it. He just took you for a long walk and a longer talk. It started with a very evasive sounding, are you sure? And then when you said yes, he just picked up your hand and held it for a long time. He's a truck driver and handyman during the day and plays in the band on weekends. His hands are rough from working, but somehow very sensitive, probably from the music. His voice is amazingly calm. Let's talk, he says. I'll get the money for you, of course. It'll take me a couple of weeks, but let's get to know each other. I mean, in other ways. And those two weeks have been a strange and wonderful experience. He lives in a rented house with two other guys from the band. It is the worst zoo you ever set foot in, and he is the warmest, most loving human being you ever met. And he wants you to have the baby. But you're so young and you have so many other hopes. It's time to make a decision that you never thought you'd ever have to make. It's going to be tough, but I think she's going to have the baby, and you know he's a really good guy, so I think he's going to be a really good father. I may be wrong, but I I really hope I'm not. Something a little bit like that happened in my family recently, and so far, so good. The story is called "Growing Up Fast," and it's from the Night Connections Three Personal Audio CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast, or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to www.dicksummer.com and download it from the Night Connections 3 icon right there on the home page. Cursive is a good name for that Curly Q writing stuff, as far as I'm concerned, because it is a curse for me, and I think to most guys, but listen to what My Lady Wonder Wench wrote about it in her blog just the other day. She said, Cursive is the lovely handwriting in long-sweeping curls and flourishes, curly cues and flounces, creative forms and fascinating comments that has existed for, oh, several hundred years at least. It is the foundation of the books and pamphlets, the speeches, the decrees, the cries for help, the songs, the letters, the stories, the truths, and the falsehoods, the everything that came before. It is what we were before the printing press, before radio and television, before books and computers, before mankind was so arrogant that we forgot how to pick up a pen and just let the words flow. Cursive is the music that fills out words and makes them appear, at least, to glow with beauty. Cursive brings life to the nominally dead alphabet of our language, and it grows more intense as it moves forward, hauling us all after it in spite of ourselves. Breathing in the glory and the excitement that it creates, that's gorgeous. I guess I guess it's like spoken word cursive. My lady wonder wench, she's sitting over there, writing her book in her loops and curvy cursive, you know. And and she just smiled at me with that lady wonder wenchy smile. I remember the first time I saw that lady wonder wenchy smile. It was at that radio station we worked at in Boston. The first time I saw that that, that smile, for for just a moment, (laughs) English became my second language. (laughs) I think I would have started speaking in tongues, but I couldn't get mine to work. (laughs) And ever since then, I have really admired her curves, all of them. to sleep. Good night.